Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hello and welcome back to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Very, very excited today. And I know some of y'all are going to be like, Jason, you say that every week. You're excited. Folks, I don't think you get it. Do you know how good we have it here as sports fans right now across the country? I mean, this isn't even a great college football Saturday, right? There's one good game, Notre Dame-Syracuse. So we'll kind of buzz through the college picks later. But, I mean, the the sports weekend as we hit mid-November is phenomenal. I mean, college basketball is starting to percolate. I have an edict from the suits. Jason, I know you love college hoops. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it this early. Uh, maybe I could convince them to, that it let me talk about Duke a little bit. Zion Williamson and Duke against the Fab Five in a hypothetical. No, we're not going there. Uh, we got a lot of NFL today. Definitely going to do a ton of NFL. We'll have Ian Rappaport, NFL insider, joining us in about 25 minutes. Obviously, we'll do the picks. But folks, I... You know, have you ever had a really nasty argument with your wife or your girlfriend? You know, one of those where things are said 
that you can't really put back in the bottle. In the heat of the moment, people say things, especially in relationships. And it happens to all of us. And everyone reacts differently in those moments. I mean, I know some guys, obviously, some of my friends who I won't name here, uh, after a huge argument with their wife, they, I don't need this garbage. I'm done. I'm out of here. Check, please. Some guys, I'm just going to go to a strip club and unwind. Some other guys just going to drink heavily. You know, some guys brush it off. Hey, that's part of marriage. Well, most women I know, we're going to counseling. You get that big argument with the husband. And the women I know that I've talked to, hey, let's just go to marriage counseling. We'll figure this out. And I want to start the show with Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green for that reason. Is this salvageable? After what went down on Monday night, is this salvageable? Kevin Durant in Golden State. Can they save it? And the reason I'm starting here is because something that nobody mentioned when I was watching TV this week, listening to the radio, going online, social media, I didn't see this. And I said it to the producer, Gavin, as we were going over the show about 15 minutes ago. I said, is it any coincidence that LeBron James had his best game of the season? 44 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, vintage LeBron. Past Wilt Chamberlain on the all-time scoring list. Is it any coincidence that LeBron James happened to play off the charts Two days after Kevin Durant got in a huge fight with one of his teammates? Is there any coincidence there? Now think about it. We've talked about on this show, we like to be ahead of the curve. If Durant's leaving, L.A. is the favorite. I know the New York stuff is out there, and I get it. He does have an affinity for New York. But man, going to the Lakers would be absurdly fun for the NBA. So I want to go back to this um, situation where you get in that big heated argument with your wife or your girlfriend. You say stuff, hey, if it's just your girlfriend, you might break up. But when you come out of that argument, maybe there's a weird 36 hours, 48 hours. Did you hear what Steve Kerr said after Draymond and Kevin Durant went at it? Steve Kerr said they were banged up spiritually. To me, that's a team in need of marriage counseling. Now, I know you're going to say, well, Jason, it's November. Of course it can be repaired. And I get that. Yeah. Uh, Listen, Steph Curry comes back from injury. They start blowing out teams. Remember, first, what, 11 games of the season, they were 10-1, and just annihilating opponents. No drama. Yeah, they can recapture that and still win 60 games. No problem. But if I'm an L.A. Lakers fan, I'm absolutely giddy this week. Hey, we could get Kevin Durant. Why is he going to want to stay with a partner in Draymond Green who's a knucklehead? Now, I don't want to get too Zapruder film on this, but I'm going to instruct you to do one thing, of course, after my opening rant here. You need to go to YouTube and look up full Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green video. It's got 4 million views in about five days, and it is only a camera on Kevin Durant. I don't know if you've seen this one. Do you remember in the finals where there was a camera on LeBron the whole time in game one after the J.R. Smith timeout and the camera followed LeBron and he was just stewing on the bench, said nothing, and then just once he found out they had a timeout, he kind of just flopped and you could just see the disgust on his face. 
There's video of that, of the Durant-Draymond video. Uh, 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 argument. There's a full camera on Kevin Durant. And before I get to the quick breakdown, I want to remind you of something I've talked about on this show regarding Kevin Durant. And that doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to do with the fact that, yes, we've become kind of Instagram friends and we have we swap messages frequently on Instagram. And I feel like, listen, Kevin Durant is unknowable, right? He's like a Kawhi Leonard. Nobody really knows and understands Kevin Durant and how he ticks. But the little that I've picked up from him is this. In the movie The Fast and the Furious, there's a moment. Yes, I'm going to The Fast and the Furious. Uh, reliable listeners to this show, they're going to they're gonna understand what I'm talking about. So early Fast and the Furious, the first movie, Paul Walker is, of course, you know, RIP Paul Walker, the FBI, FBI agent trying to infiltrate a street racing gang. So he just jumps into the street and says, hey, man, I don't have the cash to race you, but I'll put my car on the line. And here's the deal. You could have my car if I lose. But if I win, I want the cash and I want the respect. And to me, that is what makes Kevin Durant tick. And that's what makes this such a strange situation. Kevin Durant wants the respect. And in the movie, Fast and the Furious, yes, this actually happened. Paul Walker said, to some people, that's more important. And I'm telling you, folks, Kevin Durant's accomplished everything you can accomplish in the NBA. Everything. He won an MVP award. He's got four scoring titles. He's now got two finals championships. He's now been the finals MVP twice. Kevin Durant has reached the top of the mountain in professional basketball. He even won Olympic gold back in 2012. What's left for him? I mean, he's made a ton of money. He's going to continue to make money. He's a Series A investor in a lot of Silicon Valley companies. I mean, money is not huge, huge for him unless he says, wait a sec, why is Mike Conley making more money than me? And I don't know that that's what make, makes Kevin Durant tick. I do believe it's the respect. And you could see in that huddle, Draymond Green still does not respect Kevin Durant. And to me, that's disturbing. I think that's jealousy from Draymond Green. How are you going to call the two-time finals MVP to his face a bitch multiple times in the huddle because he asked for the basketball? That's astonishing. Draymond Green obviously feels like the fourth Beatle. Now, I'm not a big Beatles guy. I, I, I you know, My parents came to this country as immigrants in the late 70s. I didn't grow up listening to the Beatles. But I'm sure there was one of the Beatles, Gavin, feel free to chime in if you want, who was kind of like on the outside. He wasn't one of the core guys. We know Steph Curry. That, that was Ringo. 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 There you go. Okay, Ringo. So Draymond Green is the Ringo of the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson says nothing. Makes shots, doesn't need dribbles, chill as ever, good going with the flow. Steph Curry, he is, you know, the guy. It's always going to be Steph Curry's team in Golden State, regardless of what Durant does. It's Curry's team. He built this. He was there from the jump. He is the best underdog story in sports. I would argue he's one of the best underdog stories in sports in my my time on this planet. A six foot three below the rim guy, completely flipping the script on the NBA. What Curry's done is astonishing. And then, of course, you've got Kevin Durant, the the, the killer. I mean, he is just an assassin, unguardable. And what's Draymond? He's a great defensive player, no doubt. 
but you know who's replaceable of the Golden State Big Four. Okay, Clay, he could be replaceable. Phenomenal shooter, good defender. Draymond is replaceable. Now, finding one is going to be difficult, but you ain't finding another Kevin Durant. Those guys don't exist. Seven-footers who swap threes, post up, good handle. Those guys are not on the play. He's a unicorn, okay? And that's why the Warriors are going all in. All in. You could understand why they uh, suspended Draymond, kind of a public de-pantsing of Draymond Green. Like, we need to keep Kevin Durant. Do you, I, I don't think people fully understand how close the LeBron-Kevin Durant parallel is. This is how, like, people are underestimating him, and that's why he's fighting for the respect. I'm, I'm not kidding. I've been saying for two years now, that Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA. And only now are guys like my, one of my colleagues, Skip Bayless, is starting to come around on it. A lot of other people finally are saying, yeah, Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA. Now, some will say Steph Curry, and I have no argument with that. But Kevin Durant's a better player than LeBron right now. That's a fact, and I've been saying it for two years. You can't guard Kevin Durant. Can't. So look at the parallel between LeBron and Kevin Durant. Okay, LeBron gets to the finals, has to deal with inept front office uh, moves. They failed him. Never gets back to the finals, so he creates a super team in Miami. Let's go to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant got to the finals in OKC, had a front office that failed him when they traded James Harden, and he never got back to the finals. Back to LeBron. LeBron creates a super team in Miami, wins two rings. Remember, super team in Miami created by LeBron. Dwayne Wade had won a ring, okay? Kevin Durant, similar to LeBron, joins a super team that had one ring. So Dwayne Wade had one ring. Steph Curry had one ring. I'm telling you, the parallels between LeBron and Kevin Durant are staggering. LeBron wins two rings, two MVP awards. Kevin Durant, two rings, two MVP awards. I mean, do you guys understand how close they are? Yet, Kevin Durant is never thought of in the same breath as LeBron. It's just, he's never going to get that respect, and it does suck for Durant because he's a better player now. Of course, LeBron, over the course of his career, is a, a much better player than Durant because he's played longer. We'll see where Durant is around 34 years old in, in three or four years, but I, I just want to close, I guess, talking about that video of the moment on the bench and why Lakers fans should be ecstatic and why I really firmly believe the reason LeBron exploded against Portland on Wednesday was because of what he saw. So again, if you go to YouTube and watch the video, you'll see as soon as they sit down, Kevin Durant, Clay sits on his left and he's complaining like, I didn't get the ball. They got to give me the ball, give me the ball. And he's right. So Sean Livingston comes over. He's just clapping the whole time. Sean Livingston's just clapping. And then Draymond Green leans over, says something, and Kevin Durant starts staring straight ahead for 15 seconds. I think that's when it began. And I don't know if Draymond opened with you bitch or whatever, but that is the moment where all of a sudden Kevin Durant was like, oh boy, you can see his eyes kind of glaze over and he's staring straight ahead. The first thing Clay Thompson does 
is he goes and sits between Draymond and Kevin Durant. He can hear right out the gate, this ain't good. And Kevin Durant starts nodding and saying, okay, that's how it is. You could even, I'm not, I'm not a lip reader, but you can see him nodding. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Okay. Andre Iguodala comes over to try to settle things. And in this video at this point, there's Pitbull music blaring because I guess it went to commercial, uh, wherever this video is from. And all of a sudden, Sean Livingston's clapping. Andre Iguodala steps in. And you can see Draymond get real heated. Real heated. And Durant fires back. Me, I messed up. As if to say, I'm the BITC. You know, he, And it's really one of those videos where you look at it. And I'm sure LeBron, who is a student of the game, I'm sure he saw that and said, they don't, they don't need him. Draymond thinks they won without him. They can win without him again. Like, that's my opportunity, folks. I'm going to repeat this again. Steph Curry needs to step in here and, and call like an intervention. They need marriage counseling now if they want to salvage this. I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, if Kevin Durant goes from the Warriors to the Lakers, their Warriors dynasty's done. Steph Curry, it's on you to save the day and get Draymond Green in check. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know, I, I went on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday, and he starts arguing with me that Aaron Rodgers this and Aaron Rodgers that, and I'm staggered. I, I'm just floored. Like I, like I got, uh, you know, jacked from behind in a bar fight. Like, what is going on? You can't blame Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you who to blame. That's next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre. Where else are you going to get a radio show that offers a fast and the furious analogy when it comes to Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green? You're not getting that anywhere. That's just not going to be ad. Uh, listen, I'm deeply steeped in the movie industry. I love movies. I love rewatching movies that I like. By the way, did you, Gavin, get out to see A Star is Born? I did not. Oh, I've heard great things about it. Gavin, make it a priority this week yeah. on your day off. It's that good, man. How was Lady Gaga's acting performance? Incredible. Good. I mean, I'd never seen her in anything. No. And she was phenomenal. Outstanding work. That's, that's the best movie I've seen this year, hands down. This show, of course, brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. All right, I got to move on to the Thursday night football game that just went down. Packers take a 14-3 lead. I think Seattle fumbled on their first offensive play. Pretty hilarious. And um, then Mike McCarthy does what Mike McCarthy usually does. He chokes. Because that's what he is. Uh, you know what? I, let me drop another movie reference. Eight Mile. Not a great movie. Eminem, of course, started it. But I will say this. The beginning of 8 Mile and the last, you know, 30 minutes are pretty pretty darn good. The, in, the middle part is eh. And what's weird is usually in movies, the middle part is just can be awesome. The buildup and then you hit the climax and it's like predictable or whatever. There's a moment early, of course, I don't want to spoil a 15-year-old movie for you, where Eminem gets called a choke artist. And I, I firmly believe watching Mike McCarthy out there, he choked on Thursday night. That's what he did. How do you lead 14-3 and just totally butcher the second half of that game and lose in Seattle? The one thing that struck out of me, right? I'm watching this game at a bar. 
I guess like seven or eight guys. It's third and two, four minutes, five minutes left. And they're down three. And they call a pass. A pass in the flat. Not an easy pass. I mean, the Seattle pass rush was having some impact. Uh, Rodgers was sacked five times in the game. And Rodgers misses the pass. And everybody wants to kill Aaron Rodgers for that. And give me a break. We'll get to that in a moment. But my first thought watching the game with the guys, I said, well, you got to go for it here, right? You only got one timeout. Four minutes left. You may not get the ball back if Seattle gets a first down or two. And, you know, the guys were like, well, I don't. Four minutes. You get, are you giving them the ball back at the 30? If you do that, it's automatically a loss because they're going to kick a field goal. And I said, well, listen, you got Aaron Rodgers. And this is the key thing that, you know, Mike McCarthy, NFL coach, forgot. His running back, Aaron Jones, leads the NFL in yards per carry. I think it's 6.4. Aaron Jones had five carries in the second half of Thursday Night Football. game. How? How does that happen? It's just astonishing that you're going to hand the ball off to the guy who leads the NFL in yards per carry five times in the second half. Now, and this is what, if I'm a Packers fan, just kills me about McCarthy. Sean Payton will go for fourth downs all over the field. He's got Kamara and Ingram, and he loves the fourth down quarterback sneak. He's also got Taysom Hill, who is an invaluable backup quarterback who comes in and runs like an option wildcat deal, and it's like unstoppable. But all McCarthy had to do, third and two, spread the field, let's run Aaron Jones. I trust him in space. Only gets a yard, fine. You got fourth and one. You got the quarterback sneak. You you could run Jones again. I, I, I just don't understand what McCarthy's thinking, and that's why guys like Sean Payton in the new NFL, uh, McVay with the Rams, these guys are going for it all the time. Like, you punt, you're going to lose. McCarthy would rather trust his defense than an all-time great quarterback. Are you kidding me? And, and I go on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. And he just starts just hammering Rodgers. And I'm like, hold up, Colin. We're really talking about quarterback wins? That's a stat? And I don't talk baseball often on here, but my counter is, did you just see what happened in the, in the Cy Young Award voting? Jacob DeGrom of the Mets was 10-9 and nine this year. That's not a great record. Ah, but his ERA was insane. 1.70. Basically, you could not get hit or hits or runs off this guy. But because his offense was putrid, they couldn't do any scoring. And DeGrom won the MV, uh, won the Cy Young Award. Wins and losses is a horrible stat for pitchers. Wins and losses is a horrible stat for quarterbacks. Judging quarterbacks seems to be an issue among the media that cover the NFL. I know Bill's part, I think it was Bill Parcells who said. You are what your record says you are. But he didn't say you are as a quarterback what your record says you are. He's talking about the team. Are the Green Bay Packers a good team right now? No. Is Aaron Rodgers still a great quarterback? Hell yes. Before we get to Ian Rappaport here in a second, did you see the Rodgers line? 21 of 30, 332, two TDs, zero picks. The Packers average seven and a half yards per play. They just move the ball up and down the field. No turnovers. But because it's an island game, right? No other games on. 
because the kicker missed a field goal and because they lost, oh, it's an indictment of Aaron Rodgers. Let me just quickly give out this dumb stat that I saw all these people parroting on social media. Aaron Rodgers never comes back to win games. He only has 13 fourth-quarter comebacks in his career. Hell, Ryan Tannehill already has 13. Tony Romo has 24. What? So Tony Romo is now a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers because of fourth-quarter comebacks? Stop judging quarterbacks the wrong way. And I think in hour three, we're going to tell you how to judge quarterbacks because it's my job to help you guys. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, all the inside stuff on the NFL. Are the Raiders tanking? What's going on with Joe Flacco? Who's on the hot seat? We will get to that. But first, here's Deb Carson with the latest in sports. All right, Jason. Well, we've got kickoff about an hour and a half away in uh, several top 25 college basketball, uh, excuse me, college football games. We also have a basketball day coming up in uh, in college hoops as well but sticking to football cal stanford that was scheduled for later today is being moved to next saturday december 1st because of the poor air quality in the bay area last night it was 25th ranked boise state winning at new mexico 45 14 before the end of the weekend kansas could be announcing that les miles is officially their new football coach that according to sports illustrated did have a top 15 matchup last night in college hoops bowl bowl with 26 points nine rebounds as 13th ranked Oregon beat number 15 Syracuse 80 to 65 in his home debut with the Sixers Jimmy Butler Sixers by two Simmons lobs at Jimmy he catches and he gets a left-hand layup Jimmy Butler right down low on Joe Ingles Sixers radio Butler with 28 as Philly beat the Jazz 113-107 Butler's former team the T-Wolves have won three in a row since his departure Minnesota beat the Trailblazers 112-96 Raptors fall to 12 and 4 just their fourth loss of the season handed to them by the Celtics last night Boston in overtime beat Toronto 123-116. Kyrie Irving with 43 points, 11 assists for Boston. Bucks are 11-4. They're the two-seed in the East right now. They top the Bulls 123-104. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Chargers still not confident. Joey Bosa will be making his season debut Sunday. The defensive end is listed as questionable against the Broncos. He's still trying to return to action from his foot injury, the one he suffered in camp. And back to you, Jason. Thank you, Deb. You bet. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest is super plugged into the NFL. I've known him for a while, probably a decade we always get together at the Super Bowl. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Ian joins the show. Ian, good morning. How are you? What's going on, man? How are you? Yeah, I'm not playing in the snow like you are, man. I can't believe it's <laughs> snowing in November already. Goodness Ridiculous. gracious. Ridiculous. Hey, I want to start, Ian, with uh, the big situation regarding coaches on the hot seat. I mean, are you surprised? It's only November. More coaches have not been fired. I thought for sure. Vance Joseph would get the heave-ho last week during the bye week. I thought Todd Bowles 
during the Jets' bye week here would get would get fired just to move on and speed up the process. What do you think is holding back some teams from pulling the trigger this early? Well, I mean, to me, there's really only two options. You know, you can fire a guy, let's say, week like, you know, five or six and, you know, potentially uh, change your season, move it forward, make the playoffs. You know, that happens. We see that with the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator changes. Uh, or if it's a head coach, if you simply have to get him out of the building. And I think with the Browns and Hugh Jackson, <laughs> we just needed him out of the building. Yes, I mean, there yes. was dysfunction. Nobody was talking to each other. Nobody was listening to him. There was there were a lot of issues just with him being there. So it was like, all right, if we know he's not going to be on the team, let's just let's just move on. Um, so I think that you know that's something that makes a lot of sense there. As far as Todd Bowles and um, you know some of the other head coaches, like what would actually be the point of firing him? You know, just moving on to me is not enough. First of all, who's going to run the team? Second of all, who's going to run the defense? You know, because Casey Rogers would probably go as well. He's Todd Bowles' best friend. Um, plus, you know, you you like to have some continuity for the quarterback and for the rest of the young guys. Um, so to me, you know, unless you, you're really going to change the season around, firing guy midseason does not make a lot of sense. That's a fair point. We're talking with Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. All right, so Ian, uh, Mike McCarthy's situation. Uh, kind of butchered the game there on uh, Thursday night. How do you not challenge that one catch on the sideline by the Seahawks? Uh, cl- ball clearly hit the ground, and then mismanaging the timeouts, and of course punting with four minutes left. Um, your thoughts on Mike McCarthy as we head into Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah, I my assumption on the catch is that he didn't see it. Um, but know, he's got a team of guys, like. Ian. Who ha- aren't aren't they watching it? Yes, but, but they're not the ones who decide what angles they see. Mm. It's Fox that decides what angles they actually get to see in the booth. And remember, if you think about it TV-wise, we didn't see that angle until I'm pretty sure the ball was about to be snapped. Mm. So I just don't think he saw it. And if you were, I mean, there was only one definitive angle, and it took probably like 20 seconds or 25 seconds to actually reach us. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's... That's my assumption there. As far as the punting, um, I will be honest, um, dur- during the game, I was not thinking that uh, punting was – I was not thinking that punting was the wrong move. I actually thought it was the right move. Hmm. Um, now, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers, you sort of like to go for it. But to me, it, in my head, I actually thought it was smart. Then again, I mean, look, you know, the offense was sort of disjointed. Rodgers does seem to have to create so much by himself. Yeah. And I know there's frustration there between Rodgers and McCarthy. So certainly they're going to have a tough decision at the end of the year there. Yeah. We're talking with Ian Rappaport, NFL Network insider. You can see him Sunday on NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Ian, I, I've got to uh, move on here. What is the latest on Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens? You know, I, I, I heard the RG3 stuff. Is that a smokescreen for Lamar Jackson? Um, you know, and John Harbaugh's in it on the hot seat. Speaking of coaches in trouble, wh- yep. what are you hearing about the Baltimore Ravens as of Saturday morning right now? Well, you know, we know it's not going to be Flacco. He's listed as doubtful. Um, so he's not going to be active. And, you know, I, I think that uh, I do not believe the RG3 stuff is a smokescreen because, mm. you know, there was definitely some people who I talked to before the season that said, we are keeping RG3 around in case he has to start an entire game or a series of games. Um, and so, 
you know, to me, that is still a possibility. I think with Lamar Jackson, he's been really good in spots. Um, getting better, development was definitely slow at the beginning, but it does sound like he had a, had a pretty good week of practice. Um, but I do think starting RG3 and mixing in a lot of Lamar Jackson's possibility, either way, you're going to see both quarterbacks. All right, Ian, this one's going to be tough. I know you spent a lot of time in Boston uh, covering this team. You've obviously been around the NFL for a while. I'm just going to put this out there. When Peyton Manning fell off a cliff in his final year in the league, you know, he was replaced. He had the injury. I look at Tom Brady. The calendar has turned to November. Do you know in the last three weeks he has one touchdown pass combined? What is going on with Tom Brady? And, I, and I, this is not an overreaction. We know he's, he was great earlier in the season. Any concerns, you know, his numbers are down across the board from, from uh, last year, that maybe we're starting to see some, you know, cracks in the facade of Tom Brady as a Patriots starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think the honest answer is I don't know. Because hmm. it, it, it comes, and I, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, I think it's 100% fair to ask. I mean, now, they've also had some fucks in the, you know, Gronk hasn't played the Receiver position's been all over the place. Josh Gordon seems to have kind of tailed off a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, so there's some things there, but <coughs> I think with Brady, you know, anytime you have a little bit of dip in performance and he's 41 years old, you have to ask. And, you know, the main problem here is you don't get a warning. Yeah. Peyton Manning, it wasn't like, all right, you know, in two years he's going to be done to prepare. All right, in one year, it's just, it just happens so fast. And then you're, and then that's it. Um, you know, and so I do think that it's, I do think it's something worth asking. And um, I think for the Patriots, the main thing is they need to know what they have because there's no organization better at working with the skills they have, the rules they have, talents, all of that, than the Patriots. So huh. if they know Brady is limited, I think they'll probably spend the buy figuring it out, and then we'll probably end up being fine because they're going to game plan around it. Now, that is interesting, Ian. Uh, you know, and again, this is real speculative, but what, what, what's your guess on what Bill Belichick ends up doing? Uh, let's just say Brady does walk away. I mean, you know, he's got to find a quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think Bill Belichick's going to go into next year trotting out, you know, some, some backup who's inexperienced. I don't know. It, what, any vibe on Bill Belichick and, and what his future could hold? I mean, I, I don't get the sense that Belichick is going anywhere. Interesting. Uh, to me, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know when Brady's going to be done, you know, next year, two years, three years. Uh, but to me, it doesn't feel like Bill is slowing down at all. So right. I would imagine, you know, I mean, it's always sort of been a race to see who can outlast the other one. Yes. But um, I don't get the sense Bill is, is waning or losing interest at all. All right, let me still be around and, and still have to find a franchise quarterback. Let me get you out of here with two quick ones. You're, uh, you're, give me the name to watch besides Lincoln Riley for a guy who's a hot name that NFL front offices want as their next head coach. Lincoln Riley's not an option. Uh, John DeFilippo is one. Oh, my guy. Vikings, Vikings OC. Uh, done a really nice job. Uh, in Minnesota, did a nice job in Philly last year, and I think he's going to become a hot name uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, you know we went to college together. I covered him when he was on the – he was a quarterback at JMU. There you go. Yeah. All right, so that that's the first you one. Gotta get him, you got to get him on the show. Well, well we are friends. I, I can't reveal too much more about that, but, but uh, we, we do go back a ways. Um, and I guess the other name, give me a team to watch besides the Jets and Colts for Le'Veon Bell. Who's a team that could – 
be like, hey, let's get that guy in the building this offseason? What, what, give me a sleeper on Le'Veon Bell. Um, I would say, you know, the Eagles would be a team to watch. Um, they don't have a ton of cap space. Um, but, I, I, I mean, they, they're creative. They're interesting. They like great players. They're not afraid to take a risk. They'll make it work cap-wise. Um, I would believe they would at least have the conversation. Now, that's interesting. Ian Rappaport, you're the man, dude. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. Ian, have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, man. You too. Take care. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. I can't believe he said Filippo. Wow, I've known that guy for a while. I don't want to give my age away. But the Eagles and Le'Veon Bell, Gavin, that would be a nasty combination. Oh, yeah. Now, I, mean, I'm, I will never draft Le'Veon Bell in fantasy again, but that <laughs> would be exciting. I mean, listen, they missed Jay Ajay badly. They can't score this year. Oh, boy, Wentz, Ertz, Alshon, Golden Tate if they keep him. Le'Veon, wow, that's nasty. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I've got some bad news, Philadelphia fans. Short term, Jimmy Butler's going to look great. Six months from now, stick around. Back on the big lead after this. That was courtesy of WPEN 97.5, the Fanatic 76ers radio network. Jimmy Buckets, baby! Awesome game last night from Jimmy Butler and the Sixers. I want to quickly, before we get to this, I want to go back to something Ian Rappaport said that I don't know if that's going to make the, uh, the rounds this week, but I guarantee you, Leading up to the Patriots' next game, that we're going to start to hear some questions about Tom Brady. Now, I know that there's people out there who hear that driving, oh, this guy's a crazy person. I'm just spitting the facts here. That's all that is. In the last three games against the Buffalo Bills, Green Bay Packers, and Tennessee Titans, Tom Brady has one touchdown pass. Now, he has no interceptions. He's taken, what, seven sacks. We know the mobility's not there. He's never been mobile. I'm just saying. It's now November. And I vividly remember what happened to Peyton Manning. Now, I know in Denver, people would say, oh, he was hurt. He was hurt. He just looked awful. Now, Tom Brady doesn't look that bad. He's nowhere near as bad as Peyton did. But it should be noted. I just, just file this away. Okay, just file it away. Patriots come out of the bye and face my New York Jets. Uh... Their defense is nothing to write home about. Not much of a pass rush. But then it gets a little tougher. Minnesota. There's a Pittsburgh game. There's two tough ones. I think it's going to be interesting. And, and we'll get to this in hour number three. That NF, that AFC playoff race is going to be fascinating. Because I'm telling you, if the Chiefs win against the Rams, they've got home field advantage. They're going to lock that up. Because they'll have a two-game lead over the Patriots and um, I guess two and a half over the Steelers. But it's a huge game. If the Chiefs lose, it's wide open. So we're definitely going to get back to that. And don't send me tweets or slide into my Instagram DMs. I heard you're Tom Brady, but you're an idiot. I'm not saying it's over. I'm saying let's monitor this. Tom Brady was great early in the season. Warm weather. Great. It's now November. He has one TD pass in the last three weeks. All right, moving on to Jimmy Butler. You know, if you listen to this show regularly or catch the podcast, I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. I love guys who overcome adversity, guys who are underdogs. And Butler has, I mean, geez, that guy's been through a ton in his life. 
not necessarily basketball, but in his life. And I think he gets a bit of a bum rap for this whole ego thing and forced his way out of Chicago. People who say he forced his way out of Chicago conveniently forget that the team and him had friction. The front office was literally spying on Jimmy Butler. They didn't know what was going on with him. And, you know, there was a clear divide in the locker room. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler has always felt underappreciated. And I know everybody loves Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota. Jimmy Butler's a better player right now than both those guys. Towns doesn't play a lick of defense. Wiggins pouts if he doesn't get the ball. I know this isn't going to be popular. Jimmy Butler is an alpha in the NF- in the NBA. He is a number one option. Now, are you winning a title if he's your number one option? I don't know. I guess you got to see who's put around him. I'll tell you this. Five years ago, if, if I said Steph Curry's the number one option, you can build a title winner around him. What are you saying? Oh, you're crazy. Okay. They won 73 games with Steph Curry as the alpha who they built around. 73. So it can happen for Butler. Now, the problem is he's had some injuries, and there is the knee issue. My guess in Philadelphia, and we have a frequent guest of the show, Brian Windhorst, who comes on. We, you know, we're friendly. Hung out with him at a Laker game recently. And as soon as this deal went down, and notice it was quickly followed by Butler talking about re-signing with the Sixers. You know, that's agent speak for. He wants to stay in Philly. I texted Windhorst. I'm saying, I'm fairly certain he's not going to be signed there. That's no inside knowledge. I mean, I do know somebody close to Butler. I'm fairly certain he's not going to stick there. These young guys, Carl Anthony Towns, big ego. Joel Embiid, massive ego. I wonder how Joel Embiid felt last night. He was only 7 for 20. Butler, 12 of 15, the crowd chanting his name in Philly. Some of these guys, man, like Steph Curry is wired differently. He wanted to recruit Kevin Durant. Klay Thompson, wired differently. I'm going to lose some shots. I don't care. Bring on Kevin Durant. We're going to win. Now, I wonder how much of it has to do with Curry and Klay's parents were NBA professionals. They've grown up around the game. They understand winning above all. Embiid? Towns? Come on. These guys are entitled, young, now talented But they want the rock. And I just wonder, come playoffs, tight series against the Raptors or the Celtics, and things go askew and Butler doesn't get the ball. I'm telling you, folks, I don't think it's going to work long term. I don't think Jimmy Butler stays in Philadelphia. I think he's going to want to go somewhere where Jimmy Buckets can be the guy and they can build around Brooklyn Nets. And they've got a decent, decent team there. There's some players. I really believe the Brooklyn Nets, Jimmy Butler, are going to be in play. I would not rule out the Clippers. I think Jimmy Butler wants to be the guy. And I I know people are ticketing Kawhi for for the Clippers. Don't run there yet. It's not a lock. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, 3 1 and 1 in the Super Contest. I'm giving out my NFL picks next. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. One hour to the college football kickoff. Not a lot of good games on the slate. 
Uh, I have been hot in my college football picks. Um, I do have a warning for this weekend. I couldn't find any games I liked. I'll give those out in about 15 minutes. Um, I took three underdogs, and I, I don't love them. I'll just, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't love the picks this week. The card is awful. Fortunately, we have a great NFL weekend. And if you looked at the schedule, a lot of the garbage teams like my Jets, Buffalo Bills, teams that you can bet against are on a bye, meaning the lines are tight. I believe there are six or seven games in, what is this, week 11, where the spread is four or more. Four is now a key number, of course, since they moved uh, the extra points back. Four is not as key as three, obviously. Three, the most key number in the NFL. And our next guest, he knows that well. Because in the vaunted Super Contest, he got Seattle Thursday at two and a half. So a nice win to start the week for T.A. T.A., good to have you back. You're back now. T.A. won't admit this, but I could sense he was down. He had a bad week a couple weeks ago. But he had he went he went four and one last week. He's back. How does it feel to be back, T.A.? Hey, well, good morning, Jason. Uh, no, it, it feels good. It's, uh, we had a couple weeks stretch where... Um, you know, we, we had a couple negative weeks. Got back back on the horse last week, and you know, went four and one. So had the one and zero on on Thursday. So uh, I think you know this is a, this is a long season, a lot of ups and downs. I was hot early. I knew I'd regress a little bit and get cold. So now I just got to go back up again. Yeah, you got to weather that storm. So you went one and zero, uh, and you know, T and I, T A and I, you know, we'll talk about games we're looking at. And he surprised me with a couple that he's looking at this week. It made me readjust everything, and I struggled with picks this week. But you guys know the Super Contest. Winner gets, what is it, $1.4 million. There's like 3,000 people in it. I briefly was tied for the lead earlier this year. T.A.'s been in the top 10. I think he's in the money. T.A., give me your first pick uh, for this Sunday. Well, the first pick I know that we, uh, we disagreed on, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. But I've got Dallas. Plus three and a half in Atlanta, and really, there's a couple things here. One, one is motivation. Um, you know, Atlanta. Everyone was talking about how they're back on the uh, playoff hunt last week, and they go into my, you know, my Browns. I had the Browns last week. They went outright. They blow them out. So now you have to wonder: Do they even think they have a shot at making the playoffs anymore? I don't know. So I think there's a little bit of motivation issue there. Their dreams might have been uh, shattered a little bit, but uh, really, this comes down to me: This is a big matchup play. So. Uh, what's the one thing Dallas does well on offense? They run the ball, right? Well, Atlanta's dead last in the NFL defending the run. 32nd in yards per carry on defense. They've allowed the third, third most explosive run plays in the NFL. And you saw my boy Nick Chubb last week, 90-yard touchdown run. I mean, they can't stop the run at all. So I think Dallas is going to move the chains very easily. Um, you know, I, I didn't agree with the Amari Cooper trade. I thought they overpaid, but... To be fair, the last couple of games, especially last week, he's really opened things up on that offense. Yep. And I think they finally have a reliable receiver on the outside. He can make some plays, and I think it makes Dak a little bit more comfortable. And, look, they struggle protecting Dak Prescott, but Atlanta can't rush the quarterback, the bottom five in pressure. So, it's just, to me, it's a great matchup. And then you look defensively, Dallas is a top-ten defense. And Atlanta has only faced one top-ten defense when you look at yards per play, and that's Pittsburgh, and they lost 41-17. So, I think getting the hook is really important. I think Dallas wins by a touchdown here. I, I don't wow. think they have any shot of, of stopping Zeke at all. And I think that, you know, look, they played a bunch of close games at home. They've beaten some really bad teams, the Giants and Tampa. 
uh, amongst others. I, I just don't think they're they're really. Uh, I think they're a little overvalued here. So I love the Cowboys plus three and a half. Well, now this is interesting because early in the week I saw Deion Jones was practicing right with the Falcons, and I said, "Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, Deion Jones is back. He's the guy." who knocked Kamara out of a game last year, he can guard the running back, something they've struggled doing. So I was all in on the Falcons. And then I noticed he's not going to play. And I started thinking about, okay, let me go back and look. Are the Cowboys legit? They did beat the Eagles. But let me go back and look at that Titans game. And T.A., I saw in the box score that, like, they held the Titans to under five yards per play, which was pretty good. And they moved the football well. They just imploded in the red zone. And then I started thinking about, as you said, you know, Matt Ryan against an elite defense. I saw a number that he's 2-11 and against the spread against top three defenses in his career. And I saw the hook, and I said, you know what? I think T.A.'s onto something, and you flipped me. I actually took the Cowboys as my fifth pick, plus 3.5 because of the hook. I still think Atlanta wins, and I did go on TV saying this week, I like Atlanta to win. I just I don't know that they can cover 3.5. So I, I loved your your Cowboys analysis. And see, this is where you guys can get smarter. Everybody comes out of the week. I went 3-1-1, one, one, T.A., and I'm like, I feel good. I look at the games. I'm starting to pick them. But then you dive deeper, and, you, you know, you come off those knee, knee-jerk reaction picks. So so we both have the Cowboys. What's your next one? Well, my next pick, I've got the Colts minus two mm-hmm. at home versus Titans. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, what, about three, four weeks ago I was on your show, and I had uh, – I had Tennessee going uh, into London and covering against the Chargers. Mm. They covered, you know, the whole world was on the Chargers there. People were, were laughing at me. Couldn't believe I was taking them because they had just gotten blown out, shut out by uh, by the Ravens, and, and they cover that game. The next week, uh, again, uh, well, two weeks later because they had a bye, I took the Titans on Monday night getting yes. six and a half in Dallas, which now sounds kind of absurd, right? Six and a half in Dallas. And that was a cover. And then the whole world was on New England last week, and Titans won outright. So now it's kind of flipped. The perception is, oh, Tennessee's got a big playoff run. There you go. You know, they're back. Uh, to me, I think, you know, these are even teams. I think the Colts, you know, yes, they've had an easy schedule recently. They've beaten up some, some patsies, but they're kind of doing what they're supposed to do. Their offensive line has been great. They haven't allowed a sack in four games. Uh, at home, they're, they're a really good offense. I mean, they score on everybody. And, look, Jacksonville isn't the same Jacksonville as it was last year, but it's still – a really good defense, and they put up 29 points. I think getting under a field goal, like I said, I think they're even team, so all, all you're really asking is for, for the Colts to win here. Uh, I think, you know, coming off of that New England win, there's a letdown perception here. And, look, the, the other two games that New England lost, the other two teams they lost to this year, Jacksonville and Detroit, both lost the following week yes. after beating England. So that's, I think there's a little. I think they, they put a lot of, especially Vrabel, put a lot into that New England game last week. He really wanted to win. So I think there's a natural letdown here. So if you're just giving me, uh, you know, Andrew Luck to win by a field goal, I'll take it. Yeah, this was one of the two games I really liked uh, that jumped out. The one thing, TA, I love this stat, right? So the Tennessee Titans are number one in the league defending tight ends, and the Colts love to feature tight ends in their offense. And uh, I started to look at the Titans. What tight ends have they shut down? And they faced one tight end in the top 20. That's it. Remember, Gronk didn't play. And guess who the Titans faced that was in the top 20? Zach Ertz. He had 10 catches for 112 yards on 14 targets. So it's when you dive deep into the stats, sometimes you find stuff like, that to me means nothing. You know, that they're number one stopping the tight end. I like the Colts in this game a lot. I think they're going to possibly sneak in the playoffs. I'm sticking with that. All right, so we both have Colts. 
Cowboys. What's your next pick, T.A.? So my next pick, I have a little bit of buyer's remorse, I'll say that, because I, I had to put the picks in Thursday because I had Seattle. Yes. And so I have Denver plus seven mm. uh, against the Chargers, and that was before. So they've had a little uh, they've had some injuries on the offensive line, and then yesterday it was uh, reported that Max Garcia, their, their guard, who was filling in for another injured player, uh, tore his ACL in practice. On So there is some uh, shakiness on that line, which, which scares me a little. Uh, but really, you know, a couple things here. Denver's off a bye, which helps. They played a brutal schedule. I mean, they played the, the Rams, the Chiefs twice, Baltimore, Houston, and they've covered uh, three of those games. Should have covered fourth if uh, Vance Joseph wasn't such a terrible coach. Uh, but they played a really <laughs> tough schedule, and they played everyone, you know, very, very close. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, this is a team that's a little bit undervalued. If you look at the DVOA metrics, the football outsiders. They love the Broncos. Yeah, they're ninth in the NFL. I think it's because of that schedule kind of skews their numbers. But really, the biggest factor for me, and you know if you follow me on Twitter, you know, Jason, I love the Chargers, right? Yes. That's my team. And I hate going against them. But this is a matchup where they lost Denzel Perryman, yes. the middle linebacker, last week. First play of the game, he went out. Uh, last year, if you look at his – if you look at the Chargers' um, running defensive running splits with him playing and him off the, uh, off the field – he essentially played half the season last year and was injured for the other half. When he played, they allowed 4.3 yards per carry. They were a pretty solid run defense. When he didn't, they allowed over five yards Ooh. per carry, one of the worst in the NFL. Um, teams are running up and down the field on the, on that defense. And, you know, I don't think Bose is going to play if he does be limited. So I think with the number one rush offense, if you look at yards per carry with Denver, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on this team. I think they're going to be able to keep the ball away from Rivers. And, you know, the Denver defense is still pretty good. they got two elite pass rushers here with Chubb and Von Miller. I think they can, you know, in division, they know the Chargers pretty well. I think they could keep this game close. Now, again, the offensive line injuries do bother me, and maybe they, they won't be able to block as well uh, without those guys. So we'll see. But um, I think seven is a little bit too much. I think this is kind of a 24-20 type of game at the yeah, end of the day. I, I like the Chargers a lot this week. But Perryman being out, this is the kind of granular info you'll get on this kind of on this radio show. Last year, Kareem Hunt went bananas against this Chargers defense twice with no with no uh, Denzel Perryman, and you know ultimately that's why I backed off the Chargers here. But I I, I don't. Good luck with Den Vance Joseph on the road. Ta, I mean he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I'm still stewing at that guy for what happened against the Texans at home. Cost me some money. Um, all right, so there's three of yours plus Seattle. Give me your last pick. Well, I was going to say, the good news with the Vance Joseph is it's a full touchdown, so it's not like it's yeah. got a win the game. Fair so that, point. That, I mean, that's where he really struggled. All right. uh, my last pick is I have the Chiefs plus three and a half on oh, Monday night. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, 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 the public is like overwhelmingly on the Chiefs. Eighty, well, I think I saw 82% somewhere. Oh, my. I'll say this. Uh, the public was all over Green Bay when they went into L.A. and almost won outright. Oh, that's a, yep. He's looking um, the public was on Kansas City when they went into New England that Sunday night a few weeks ago, and they covered. So, I mean, I don't really take too much into that. And, look, I don't think the odds makers have gotten the Rams right. They can't cover at all. Yeah. I had Seattle last week. Um, you know, they covered, I think, one of the last six games. So, yep. you know, maybe they're just, they just haven't figured them out. But either way, you know, to me, I talked about that New England game. I had New England when they were minus three and a half. I thought that, okay, finally Kansas City is going to face a real offense. Belichick's going to you know, uh, stop Mahomes. And 
New England didn't even punt in that game. Okay? <laughs> and Kansas City almost won, and they covered. They lost by three. I mean, you take all those punches from New England and Belichick, and you still almost win the game on the road at night. That really, really impressed me. And I think you could see a similar situation here. Look, we know the Rams can't stop anybody, and neither can Kansas City, but the Rams have proven that even the back door is always going to be open. They, they let Russell Wilson in last week, and they almost lost, you know, lost the game outright. And here's an interesting stat. I think Cooper Cup is a huge factor. He's, mm-hmm. he's golf security blanket, okay? Yep. But I, so I, I was like, okay, well, let, let's, let me see if I can quantify that. And, you know, it's limited sample size, but in seven games this year when Cup has played, Jared Goff has put up 9.7 yards per pass attempt. The team averages 35 points a game, okay? He's missed three games. He's actually missed two games, and then he was, he was injured early in the Denver game. So essentially three games. Those numbers dropped at 7.3 yards per attempt, and the, the offensive output is down to 30 points per game. So still good, but not out of this world good like they have when Cup plays. So I, I think that's a big factor for them. You know, Josh Reynolds is essentially going to take over his spot, and you know, I just don't think they can really replicate the, the offense without Cup. He's so important. I just think, look, at the worst case, if Kansas City doesn't win, you're down 10 late. You're telling me you don't trust Mahomes to go down and score a, a backdoor yeah. garbage touchdown. And, yeah, many- T- tight ends have killed. I mean, Jared Cook killed the Rams. Travis Kelsey's going to eat. Yeah, maybe you're onto something. Uh, I just couldn't couldn't take him in this spot. For some reason, I'm still like the wheels at some point are going to come off. But I don't know. That's probably the wrong attitude. All right, so those are your five. Uh, we agree on Cowboys-Colts. So my other three, boy, you're going to kill me when you hear that. The Houston Texans favored by three in Washington. This is just a play against the Redskins. Uh, last week I was on Tampa. They totally soiled themselves. I just I think the Texans are better in the trenches by a mile. And I, tr- I unlike Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in the red zone, I trust Deshaun Watson way more. Have you looked at his improvement since, in like the last three weeks, since he started the season? coming off the ACL injury. He was struggling, taking sacks, throwing interceptions. He's been awesome the last three weeks. Any thoughts on the Texans pick? You know, it's interesting. So there is a trend out there. It's been pretty uh, publicized that road teams off a bye that are favored have a really good historical against the spread record. And so I think that's part of the reason. I think this game opened, what, minus one and a half and went up to three. I think that trend is really – that's why the dollars came in on Houston – um, so you lose a little bit of value there because I, I don't think it truly is a three-point spread. Because if this was in Houston, that's saying this would be a nine-point favorite, and you know that's just too many points. Yeah. But I think that trend has kind of bumped things up. But I agree. I mean, the thing is, I would never back the Skins here because they are overrated. Yeah. Their offense stinks, and they have all those injuries, injuries. on the offensive yeah. line. And against that pass rush, that's the last thing you you want to deal with. Um, you know, to me, it's just an avoid. I think both teams have been have played way above their no their doubt. I don't think Houston's as good as, as their record, and same with Washington. So to me, to stay away, but I mean, this is very easily could be uh, another, uh, you know, Falcons game a couple weeks ago when, you know. They when, went into when Washington, Washington, yeah, put it yeah. on them. And when um, Washington faces a real quarterback, they really struggle. And you saw oh, wait, last week, what is it, Tampa put up over 500 yards yeah. and couldn't <laughs> even get the double digits. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's a little bit misleading box score. So right. I love it. Yeah, but, my last two TA. Uh, you know, I like the Bears to win, but I get I, I just for some reason I took the Vikings. I can't trust Cody Parkey in a tight spread, who's just a bad kicker. He cost me against Miami. I took the Vikings. Any quick thoughts on that or no? 
Well, I like the Vikings. That would okay. have been my replacement pick if I didn't take Denver. Okay. So, and my uh, last I one, uh, TA, I, I, this is dumb, and I'm going to hate it like 20 minutes into the game. I took the Eagles getting eight and a half. First time there have been an underdog since the Super Bowl. It, I, I know I use this phrase. I think it's a kitchen sink game for Doug Peterson. He's got to pull out everything. And, and the Saints can't keep this up, can they? There has to be a letdown at some point. They're just playing all these good teams, and they keep winning and covering. No, I, I look, I initially when I saw the lines, I thought the line would be five and a half, six. So mm. that number was off. I just, I, I don't mind that pick. I just have a rule, uh, and I, I instituted it after that Baltimore game. I will not fade Drew Brees and the Saints team until <laughs> I really, and I backed them three weeks in a row. Especially not at home, back. right? I mean, yeah, but, but I. But I think this line's inflated because of that perception. Yeah. So I think you get a good number. You just got to survive all those injuries in the secondary by the Eagles um, and hope that, again, worst case, you get Carson Wentz uh, down 14 points. Can he get a back door? So I, I don't, the number's good for you. I'll just say that. All right, TA, thanks a lot. Good stuff, and uh, good luck this weekend. All right, you too. All right, folks, that's like a 15-minute juicy inside NFL, not the surface-level garbage you're going to get elsewhere. There's some and Nick. Did you learn anything there? I feel like uh, Nick is back in the building, ladies and gentlemen, wearing his Ladanian Tomlinson jersey. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, and we'll get to the NBA and Nick's Tinder happenings as usual. Coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, we're gonna buzz through the college football picks before we get back to uh, the Warriors. We're gonna have an, a Warriors beat writer on the show in about ten minutes to dig into this Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green stuff. College football picks. They're next. High noon on the East Coast, ladies and gentlemen. Settling into another another gorgeous Saturday morning out here on the West Coast. Welcome back. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. College football kicking off all over the country right now. It's just a sleepy weekend. I mean, no games that jump out at me. You got a lot of big spreads among the uh, top 10 teams. Like, I mean, Indiana, Michigan's on Fox. uh, Sorry, on FS1. That'll be interesting uh, for about, you know, 10 minutes. You know, maybe Michigan sleepwalks a little bit with the big Ohio State game looming next week. Now, next weekend is the, the weekend for college football. I mean, next next Saturday, this show will be college football heavy. Michigan, Ohio State leading the way, obviously. Um, but it, it's just kind of a bad Saturday, and that's by design. Nobody wants to play a tough game before your big rivalry game. Uh, of course, all over college football, the great games next weekend. So today, you know, I gave out the picks earlier. I don't love them. First week in a while, I don't love them. Just because I don't know that the incentive is there for a lot of teams, given... If you've locked up bowl eligibility, like you're, are you are you half stepping today? You know, with the holiday ahead, and you know, a lot of time off coming up. So I don't know. So college football, you know, we're not going to get deep into it today. We got Chris Broussard dropping by. I'm going to beat him up on a couple NBA stories in about 25 minutes. Obviously, we will touch on Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green. I'm telling you, if you missed what we talked to Anthony Slater, who covers the Warriors, if you missed that interview last hour, look for it on the podcast later. There's some nuggets in there, some kernels that are interesting. This Kevin Durant thing, that's not going away. Remember last year, Nick, who 
loves, loves to talk about LeBron and the Lakers. Do you remember LeBron on the Cavs last year, Nick? There was the cloud. What's he doing at the end of the season? What's going to happen? Hovered over the team all year. They were a train wreck. And they struggled. Got into the playoffs. Barely beat the Pacers in seven. Barely got by the, the Celtics in seven. Like, it's it's tough when you've got free agency looming. And I think it's going to linger for the Golden State Warriors. All right, on to the NFL. Where I guess the big story was, you know, Aaron Rodgers versus, versus Mike McCarthy. The Packers' inept head coach. Relax. Feels like he's a dead man walking. McCarthy, just so many boneheaded mistakes in this game and many others. And I can't blame Aaron Rodgers for any of it. I've been saying Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the NFL for over a year now. He's Is he the best? Is he the most accomplished? No, that would be Tom Brady. Ah, but Tom Brady, he's now 41. Have you monitored Brady the last couple weeks? Have you at all? I don't know. Listen, a lot of Tom Brady fans out there, I after we discussed it in the second hour, I had a guy tweet at me, stop with the Tom Brady haterade. It's not haterade when you're spitting facts. I mean, I don't hate Tom Brady. I'm conditioned to not like him as a Jets fan because Brady's beat the heck out of Jets for, geez, way too damn long. But when I look at Tom Brady's struggles this year, and yes, he has struggled. The calendar turned to November. Weather's getting colder. Gets a little creaky on a 41-year-old guy. Tom Brady has one TD pass in the last three weeks. Now, you could say, well, who they played? The Buffalo Bills on the road. Buffalo, pretty good defense. Uh, probably a little bit above league average. One TD pass in the last three weeks against the mighty Buffalo. Mighty Green Bay. And, of course, last week, the embarrassment against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, geez. They pulled Brady with about nine minutes left in that game, which was absolutely shocking that they would throw in the towel. But then again, he's 41, and he's not playing well. So I want to quickly go back before we get to uh, an interesting quote I'm going to play for you. Let's go back to Tom, uh, sorry, sorry, Peyton Manning in his final season. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. That's what everybody will remember. Uh, he was bad in the Super Bowl, completed 56% of his passes, no touchdowns, but he won the Super Bowl. Do you remember what happened that season? He started out doing great. I mean, three TD passes against Kansas City. Uh, they're, they're rolling. And then all of a sudden, November rolls around, and he starts with the bad games. He starts with the picks. And famously, he had four interceptions in a game against Kansas City. He was five for 20 for 35 yards. And it was like, whoa, Peyton Manning's lost it. And then he was injured. He was quote unquote injured. Now, I don't know how serious it was. it was. They went to the backup, Brock Osweiler. It happened quickly. Peyton Manning, all of a sudden, back-to-back weeks was really bad. And it fell over. And so we had Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network on in this show. And I said, listen, I'm not going overboard. I don't want people to panic or think this is some hot take that I'm going after Tom Brady. But we know the end comes quickly. 
for NFL quarterbacks, especially when you hit 41. So I asked Ian Rappaport, great reporter of the NFL Network, is there concern over this three-week stretch that maybe, maybe we're headed toward the end of Tom Brady? And here's what Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network said. I think with Brady, you know, anytime you have a little bit of dip in performance and he's 41 years old, you have to ask. And, you know, the main problem here is you don't get a warning. It just happens so fast, and then that's it. I do think it's something worth asking, and I think for the Patriots, the main thing is they need to know what they have because there's no organization better at working with the skills they have, the rules they have, talents, all of that, than the Patriots. So huh. if they know Brady is limited, I think they'll probably spend the buy figuring it out, and then we'll probably end up being fine because they're going to game plan around it. Okay, if you listen closely, it comes fast. You don't expect it. I want to quickly go back to Brett Favre and the end of his career. Brett Favre had a tremendous season with the Minnesota Vikings. And everybody was like, wow, he's defying everything. I mean, look at this guy. Brett Favre, what a marvel. I mean, geez, he's, he's carrying the Vikings to the playoffs. Look at this. Look what he's doing. And, and Brett Favre was good. I'm looking at that. Uh, year he had in Minnesota, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Look what he's doing at the age of 40. Brett Favre, the Vikings, 12-4. and four. Of course, Favre had the uh, the big mistake there in the uh, Saints playoff game. Bad read interception, they lose in overtime. But that was a great season for Brett Favre. Then, the, then he turned 41. Not many people remember that final year because he came back after that good year, the trip to the NFC playoffs. And Brett Favre was bad. He was bad at 41. 11 TDs. 19 picks. Come the end of the season. Oh, boy. Brett Favre really struggling. And it's funny because I'm looking at the game log, guys. Favre was pretty good for the first half of the season. He had a couple of clunkers in there. Come November. They go to Chicago. Cold weather. One TD. Three picks. Minnesota. Goes to Green Bay. This is Brett Favre's final season. 31-3 loss. Favre was bad. Completed 44% of his passes. Picked off. And that's when, okay, it's over. And you could tell the final week was his, uh, he played against Washington. And then, you know, was really non-existent for the rest of the season. And it was over. The end comes quickly. And if you watch Tom Brady closely, he has not been great. The last three weeks. The book's out on Tom Brady. Get pressure on him. Get him off his spot. He ain't going to beat you running the football. And I'm not concerned that he's a terrible quarterback. That's not accurate. But he certainly has not been great the last three weeks. And I do believe if you're the Patriots and Bill Belichick, you got to start to wonder, man, what's the play here next? Where do we go from here? And I don't want to be sound the alarm guy. I'm just being realist guy. What do the numbers say? Trust me, there's people here at Fox Sports Radio. They're looking at the numbers every weekend. I'm hoping you guys download the podcast. It does feel good to go on iTunes and see that every Saturday and Sunday, there's like a, a category for popular or whatever, popularity for each podcast. And every week I see you guys are listening to it. The numbers look good. Now, I don't have the full internal numbers, but what I see on iTunes, 
is you guys are listening. And that's good. The bosses, they want to see numbers. Over at Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports 1, they want to see numbers on the TV shows and the ratings. I run a website. They want to see numbers. Trust me. NFL teams are looking at the numbers, and Tom Brady's numbers the last three weeks have not been good. I'm not saying Bill Belichick's going to get irrational, but I do wonder, are we going to see a little bit more running the football with Sony Michelle, with James White, possibly Rex Burkhead? I think this is something you need to keep an eye on as we head deeper into what could be Tom Brady's final season as an NFL quarterback. It's a sleepy Saturday for college football, although I look up at the screen and what is going on in this Maryland-Ohio State game? Looks like Maryland peeled off a huge touchdown in the first minute, and then somehow Maryland got the ball back. Was it an onside kick, maybe? And then all of a sudden they fumbled it, and now Ohio State's got the ball. I'm telling you, this is going to shaping up as a wacky Saturday in college football. I'll tell you where my eyes are going to be this evening. And I talked to Nick about this earlier. Lakers magic. Nick, did you just see the news? Aaron Gordon may not play tonight. Oh, really? Now, I know you know you hear that. You're like, Aaron Gordon, who cares? He's their best wing defender. He's a solid player. He's good. Now, they do have... I can't believe I'm diving deep into the Lakers versus the Orlando magic. Um, <laughs> they do have a kid by the name of Jonathan Simmons, former of, formerly of the Spurs. He could check LeBron. But again, I look up and down the landscape especially in the West. They don't have nobody on Portland to guard LeBron. Denver's got nobody to guard LeBron. Like, there's just some teams that can't hang with the Lakers, and it's it does feel good when Nick comes in, Tinder Nick, and he's like, I think you were right, Jay. You know, he'll send me the uh, occasional text message, I think you were right about the Lakers, number two in the West. And I'm like, yeah, you know. Tough to admit. Your boy gets some of these right. I do get some of these right. Coming up next here. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. The JMAC 12-pack. The 12 best teams in the NFL. Back after this. Oh, far side action, huh? It's been a minute. So, Nick, uh, before we get into the JMAC 12-pack and Chris Broussard coming up in 10 minutes, do you have any Tinder stories from last night? <laughs> from last night? No, I do not. Jason, I'm actually, um, you know, I had to take an early off season here. Uh, nothing new lately. I got a couple repeats, but um, no, nothing new, sadly. No, no uh, good stories for you, everyone Have out you there. Um, dipped into Bumble by any chance? No, I have not got into that. I know a I, well, not a lot of guys, but I know some dudes who are on Bumble, and I guess that's the dating app where the girl hits you up. Right. Well, that's great. Why aren't you should be on there? Well, a couple weeks ago, you asked me, you know, I kind I, of I had a dad bod going, and that dad bod kind of turned into um, worse than that. So that's why I'm kind of on the early off season right now. Oh, you got to get in shape. Oh yeah, I, I'm yeah. It's what terrible. What are you right doing now. to get in shape? Well, I mean, getting my cardio back. Are you eating healthy? No. Well, why not? I don't. Know. Well, start to clean it up, Nick. Come on, it's the <laughs> holiday season, man. I know. Oh, that's the perfect time to eat, though. Like I'm fine no, right now, Jason. Man. Don't worry. Uh, I'm all good. I'm just looking out for you, buddy. I pay. I appreciate it, but no worries. All right. Uh, always. I, I don't know. Listen, as a married dude now. I don't have that many single friends. Um, I know you like to live vicariously. I know. A little bit. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Brought to you by Discover Card. 
Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Uh, quickly, before I get to uh, the JMAC 12-pack, you know, people are always submitting Roundup links. Do you ever read the Roundup, Gavin, on the big lead? I, I've seen it once or twice. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the post that starts every day. It's got the craziest links from around the web, stuff you got to read. Somebody just submitted a Roundup link to me. This is the headline. Therapy Gator? Question mark. New Orleans Airport now offers reptilian selfies. That is wild. So you, there, there's now a place at an airport where you can pet a baby alligator and take a selfie with it. That sounds like part of uh, Clay Travis's Animal Thunderdome segment. He's so Animal Thunderdome. Yeah, he, he does that every week. That sounds like oh. a link we need to send him. Oh dear, I don't know what that <laughs> means. But um, uh, let me just quickly fire this another huge Maryland touchdown. I mean, they've got two TDs over. This is a seventy-five yard TD run, and the Terps are putting it on Ohio State fourteen-three. Now it's only six minutes in, but boy. When you talk about a look-ahead spot, Ohio State-Michigan next week, how much is that line going to go up if Michigan wins today handily against, you know, the sisters of the poor, and if Maryland beats Ohio State here? Oh, boy. Listen, Ur- Urban Meyer, there is a lot of chatter. He he may just bounce after this season. I actually heard from someone in Ohio who thinks Matt Campbell at Iowa State is going to be like a legit candidate. He's a... He's an Ohio guy, and he teaches toughness and defense. He, he preaches winning in the trenches. He's very good. I think he's going to get NFL calls. But does he wait and say, hey, Ohio State could come open? Uh, the coaching carousel, always fun in December. All right, here we go. The JMAC 12-pack, the 12 best teams in the NFL. Gavin, you make the call. Do I count down or up? You count down. And by the way, not that I'm a degenerate gambler or anything, but the current line, the live betting line on Ohio State is Ohio State minus four and a half. They're still favored by four and a half. <laughs> they're still well, favored. Well, I mean, Maryland's not very good. <laughs> no, they're um, not. And it's only six minutes in, but they're on the road. And listen, they can't tackle. Ohio State is atrocious defensively. Purdue put it on, put it on them earlier this year uh, in West Lafayette. I don't I, but anyway, let's start from 12 okay, we'll and go down. go up, I, however I, you want to word it. I want to just, there aren't a lot of, you know, there's a season winnows down and you know who's good and who's bad. It gets tougher to do the J-Mac 12-pack because there's so much parity in the middle. I'm going to start at 12 with a team that you guys are going to hate. The Green Bay Packers. 4-5-1. and one. They got to fire their coach. I got them as the 12th best team in the NFL. And once I rattle off the teams above them, you're going to say, well, yeah, they're probably about 12. Uh, number 11, the Washington Redskins, a bad football team, and they're going to get bounced from here after they lose to the Titans. Uh, but they're 6-3. and three. If they get healthy in time, maybe they still make the playoffs, but I've got them as the 11th best team in the NFL. Number 10, the Houston Texans. They play the Redskins. They've won three of their last six by three points or less. You know, they won six in a row, but also not a great football team. I will say this. The secondary is getting healthier. I think they steam the Redskins on the road. Number 10, Houston Texans. Number 9, the Carolina Panthers. Got smoked 
last week by the Steelers. I think they bounce back against a hapless Detroit team. Number eight, Minnesota Vikings. Huge game for them Sunday night, and they actually play number seven, the Chicago Bears. That Sunday night game is massive for that division. Winner obviously has the inside track on uh, that brutally close division. Packers not out of it yet, by the way. Packers would probably be hoping um, for the Bears to win, or I think they're hoping for the Bears to win this because they can. They have a win over the Bears, the season opener. They got lucky. Uh, anyways, moving on. Number six, Knicks Chargers, seven and two. I just couldn't find six. a way to put them higher. Huh? Six and two. Sorry, I couldn't find a spot to put them higher. Nick Chargers, five Patriots. Patriots are better than the Chargers. Come on. Four Steelers. Steelers are better than the Chargers. Three Rams, two Saints, one Chiefs. So I don't see how you can move the Chargers higher. There's your J-Mac 12-pack. Number one, the Chiefs. Number two, the Saints. Number three, the Rams. So the Chiefs-Rams play Monday night in what should be a tremendous game. Four Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers are hot now. I, I, you know, the line against Jacksonville's dropping... I don't really understand why, because I'm telling you, I've watched a lot of Jacksonville this year. In the preseason, if you go back to one of our preseason shows on this on this fine weekend radio program, you'll see that I said Jacksonville, I mean, they're just they, they, there's no way they can duplicate that success. I also didn't think the Titans could, and they've done kind of well uh, for themselves. So there you have it, the J-Mac 12-pack coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Chris Broussard, my man. He loves to step in the ring and debate me. We'll talk NBA. That's next. But first, let's go to Deb Carson for the latest in sports. All righty. Well, Jason, uh, Bama only has a one-touchdown lead right now on the Citadel. It's uh, the top-ranked Crimson Tide leading 7-zip. One to go uh, first quarter there in Tuscaloosa. 10th-ranked Ohio State getting beaten at Maryland right now. It's early, but the Terrapins are up 14-3 over the Buckeyes. Nine to go in the first quarter. Seven to go first in Gainesville. 13th-ranked Florida leading Idaho 14-zip. Rutgers and 14th-ranked Penn State still scoreless. Seven to go first quarter in Piscataway, New Jersey. 17th-ranked Kentucky out to a 14-0 lead over Middle Tennessee. 6.48 to go first quarter there in Lexington. 21st-ranked Mississippi out to a 3-0 lead over Arkansas. Four to go in the first. And 22nd ranked Northwestern is at Minnesota. The uh, two teams are scoreless right now. Four to go in the first quarter. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. A couple of other notes from college football. The Cal Stanford game scheduled for today is being moved to Saturday, December 1st because of the poor air quality in the Bay Area. Have the wildfires still out of control up there. And Kansas reportedly near a deal to make less miles the school's next head football coach sports illustrated says that deal could be announced as soon as this weekend jason thank you deb you bet back here on the big lead fox sports radio i am your fearless leader jason mcintyre coming to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico Go to Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, let's bring him in. Our next guest, my main man, 
We love to chop it up on the NBA. All things sports. I mean, I'll debate Chris Broussard in ping pong. I will debate him in bowling. Heck, Chris, at some point, we may need a decathlon, just me and you straight up. Whether it's hoops, <laughs> tennis, I will, I'll play you in anything. I'm just competitive, and I know you are, and it's a lot of fun. You forgot one critical words in your little spiel. <laughs> Try to debate. <laughs> Try to compete with, not debate and compete with, but try to. Yes, okay. I, I love your, I love your <laughs> courage and your, your boldness and your fearlessness. But yes. you know, come um, on. I, 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 I generally prevail. All right, Chris. Let me get you started with a softball because I need to get you off on the right foot because you're struggling already. Chris, <laughs> who right now is the second best team in the Western Conference after the Golden State Warriors? Well, you've obviously heard me say the Lakers, um, but I and I don't know that. But I don't know that I would say right now. Um, I think that I, I've, I was saying on our radio show a few days ago with Rob Park and the Odd Couple that the Lakers will be the second best team in the West. Yeah. Uh, are they now? I mean, I, you know, it, it doesn't matter in November this early, but True. now I think it's totally up for grabs. But, yeah, I think they will be there. I give one caveat, and I would say that's the Houston Rockets. I don't think Houston will get back to what it was last year. I think it'll be very good, but I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. But if they do get to that point, they'll be better than the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers will be as good as Houston was last year. I don't think they'd be capable of taking Golden State 7 and maybe, you know, arguably beating them. But – Right now, I uh, yeah, I like the Lakers uh, as the second best team in the West. I've been saying for weeks, there's no reason they shouldn't be. You got the best player in the world. You got a nice supporting cast around him, but just go do it. Yeah, we're talking with Chris Broussard. He hosts the Odd Couple here on Fox Sports Radio with Rob Parker weekdays seven to ten Eastern. Uh, in the evenings. All right, Chris. When I look at the West, the reason I uh, this summer when you and I co-hosted the herd. I said nobody in the West scares me. That's why I love the Lakers. It's number two. I mean, seriously, Denver, Portland, they don't have anybody to defend LeBron. Teams like Memphis, uh, you know, I I just, I don't trust a lot of these teams. Now, again, with the caveat, it is early. But I do want to ask you, what have you seen from the Rockets that kind of, they're sputtering. I know people want to blame Carmelo, but, I mean, let's be real. They've got deeper problems than Carmelo Anthony. Well, Carmelo certainly should not be the scapegoat entirely. You can't put it all on him. But, a, a, you know, a good amount was on him, let's face it. They're starting to play well now that he's disappeared. And uh, he just, you know, early in the year when Carmelo was starting because of injuries, he was getting used to that role. And then when guys started to get healthy, they wanted to bring him, put him back to the bench wanted to lessen his minutes, he didn't want to accept that. And so that was problematic, and that creates bad energy and, and all that. So that's a part of it. So they're going to be better without Melo. They already have shown that. They won three straight. Yep. Uh, Jeff Bizdelic. Yes. People did not understand how big of a loss that was. I'm not trying to say the guy is Tex Winter, okay? <laughs> but he was their defensive coordinator. And here's the deal. A defensive, to be a good defensive team, you need somebody that's a pest. 
who is an irritant, who gets on everybody's nerves because all he's doing is jumping on the players about defending. You know, and they get sick of him. He rides them, but it ends up making them play better defense. And that's what Bizdelic was. Dan Tony tried to, once Bizdelic left, they got, but he's very quiet. That's just not who he is. Dan Tony's not going to emphasize defense. And Dan Tony and the crew felt like, hey, we'll just take the same principles we had with Jeff and the guys will do it. No. No. You have to pester them. And James Ennis, P.J. Tucker, these other guys, they're, they're capable of defending. And so they're going to improve on that end of the floor, and they're going to get back to being a good team again. Whether or not they'll be as good as last year, I'm not saying that, but they're going to be viable. And I think the best three teams in the West will end up being Golden State, Houston, and the Lakers. All right, Chris Broussard, let me pivot to a team in the East that had a player from the West, Jimmy Butler to the Sixers. Uh, Butler was tremendous last night. I'm sure Joel Embiid loved it that the Sixers fans were chanting Jimmy Butler's name uh, at the end of the game. We know these young guys have fragile egos. Carl Anthony Towns, man, it was weak watching him pout for two weeks with Jimmy Butler uh, in Minnesota. And I just wonder, um, I know in the short term, Butler will work, obviously, with Simmons and Embiid. There's no doubt about that. But long term, when they eventually flame out in the playoffs, because they ain't going to the finals, I'm just wondering, I, I, put me down for Jimmy Butler not staying in Philadelphia. Your thoughts on uh, JB? Well, there's been a wink-wink. All right, there's been a wink-wink that they're going to give him five years, 190. All right, uh, he doesn't have to take it, of course. And if it doesn't work out, they could talk about move on from each other. Uh, but, you know, it's all open. There's nothing definitive that, that he's definitely leaving. Uh, last night, as you said, they looked good. I do think it potentially could work. Um, the thing is, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are stronger. I think they're stronger internally. Uh, they're, they got more dog in them than Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> and it, it, it wasn't good for Wiggins and Towns. You saw that. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, Butler means well. I think you got five months for Brett Brown to figure out a system that capitalizes on the skills of MB Butler, and Ben Simmons. They have got to get Ben Simmons going. You know, I hear all this talk about they got three of the six best players in the East three out of ten. I love, you know, I love Ben Simmons. I've, I've been one of his biggest fans. He's He hasn't had a great year. I need to see more. I don't want just 14 points and seven assists. Well, how, or, or how do you, how's he going to get more points when, A, he can't hit threes, B, he can't hit free throws. Where, threes, and, I mean, you don't have to hit threes to score well, points. Well, threes, free throws, he can't make shooting 61% on free throws. And Joel Embiid takes like 25 shots a game, and now Butler is going to get his. Reddick's going to get his. I don't see where the scoring's coming from. I mean, he's shooting 52%. He's averaging 14, 9, and 7. Uh, I want more aggressiveness. Now, you make a good point. You got three three guys that are going to be big scorers, so that's a good point that he may not need to get to 18 a game like last year, which is fine. So he's at 14, like you said, 14, 9, and and 7. Um, but I want more aggressiveness. 
and if they, you know, maybe though that can be their four because Reddick, Reddick's going to have an uptick uh, with Butler on the floor because now defenses have to pay attention to Embiid and Butler, and so it's going to be perfect for Reddick. So as long as those four pieces, and if, you know, Wilson Chandler's the fifth, if he could stay healthy, that'd be great. As long as those four pieces can work together, uh, I think they could maybe work this thing out. I hope it does work. There are obviously red flags with Jimmy Butler's abrasive personality, <laughs> uh, right, to say the least. So we'll see if it works. I'm not going to poo-poo it, but like I said, there's major red flags. I hope it works out because I love what the Eastern Conference is right now. Yeah. I think you've got four very, very legit teams in the East. And it, I think it's between those four, it's open as to which one comes out. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put this down now. Uh, it's early November. Jimmy Butler to Nets or Clippers. Just file that away. All right, Chris Broussard, let's get to the big topic. I saved the best for last. Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green. I had a great theory today to open the show that two days after Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green, the blow-up, LeBron just happened to play his best game of the season, 44-10-9. I, I still am in the camp, but I don't know if I started this, but I'm telling you, no, I believe you if it. Kevin Durant leaves stop, the Warriors, stop with the backpack, he's going right? to the Lakers. If he leaves, I believe he's going to the Lakers. Well, Your see, thoughts on leaving. You think he's leaving, 100%. Yes. 100%. Yes. yes. He was leaving anyway. This is this Draymond thing isn't going to push him over the edge. He was leaving anyway. The only question was, is he leaving after this season or is he leaving after the first season in San Francisco? All right. Oh, that, you, that do you think he question. signs a – oh, do you think it's possible that he signs another one-and-one one deal? Well, that's the big thing that, that uh, the Warriors were hoping for. I mean, obviously they'd love to keep him forever, but their hope was if he, if, if he can't retire as a Warrior – Let's at least get him for the first season in San Francisco, at least. And there, I guess there still could be a possibility that, who knows. But, but I, I believe Durant is out of there because it, this is deeper than just with Draymond. This is, part of this is the same thing LeBron James was feeling when he was in Miami his last year. It is difficult to be somewhere where that saved you. It's almost like they look at you as, as great as they know you are, as much as they know you played a huge role, there's almost an element of charity case. We saved you. You needed rings. Okay, all right. Let me, so okay, you came great. here and we gave it to you, okay, and, and so Durant let, sick of that. You're like right. LeBron but, was sick of that. But, Chris, here's the thing. LeBron had a place to go back to, his home, Cleveland. Kevin Durant is something of a vagabond. He ain't going to Washington. Oklahoma State can't afford him. And where does he go back to? Uh, and that's the that's what I keep coming back to. Like there's there was a landing spot for LeBron. No, I'm not saying he's going back. Uh, although I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't think he'd go to Oklahoma City, but they're down low. You what, know, so where's he them, going? Let them fall. That's the problem. I mean, it could be it could be several. Well, the Clippers. I, I look. I'm not saying he's not going to the Lakers. I mean, why are you going to the Clippers over the Lakers? I think that's a possibility. I think that's a it it, it depends. The biggest obstacle for Durant to get over in going to the Lakers is what people will say. 
because his greatest anything anywhere he goes. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. What what place? What place? If he goes to the Clippers, look, this is what bothers Durant more than anything, and this is why Draymond went there. You jumped on the bandwagon. You can't lead your own team. Oh, gosh. We don't have the time to do this. Chris, it's no no different than LeBron going to Miami. If you'll be quiet and let me finish, we got time. All right? LeBron went to Miami. You're right. That was no different. So he went back to Cleveland. That was different. He proved in Cleveland he could do it without the bandwagon. All right? That's what eats up Durant. All right? So if he goes to the Clippers, that wouldn't be jumping on a bandwagon. Whether he went with Kawhi or goes by himself, the Clippers would be a very good team. I'm not saying he's going there. I'm just saying that's a possibility. New York, same situation. Brooklyn, same situation if he went with somebody else. The Lakers are there. Their pitch is going to be, look, you're not just joining LeBron. You're joining Magic. Mm -hmm. You're joining Kareem. You're joining Shaq. You deserve to be a Laker. Five of the top six scores of all time have been Lakers. You deserve to be one. That's the okay. pitch. All right, so here's the counter to that. If he goes to the Knicks, I'm telling you, they ain't getting out of the second round with that team. Even he wouldn't go by that. himself. Well, he wouldn't go by himself. Af- they can't afford two guys right now. They'd have they to make can, moves. They can make okay. well, You don't think they'd make moves to get Kevin Durant okay, and somebody else? That's fair. Fine. Are they going to definitely be better, even with Durant and whomever? They could be better than Boston or Toronto or Philly or even the Bucks. If, who Durant, look good. if Durant, Porzingis, and maybe Kyrie or Jimmy Butler, that'd be a great team. Yeah. See, now that sounds I mean, good again, on paper, but. Jimmy Butler to one. Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant are going to totally butt heads. They're friends, actually. They are, and but they, they would they, butt heads. They, as and teammates. Durant, they've actually joked about playing together. Yeah, not I not joke, but like like thrown it, thrown out the idea with each other. Yeah, Kyrie's done that with Jimmy Butler. Like a lot of guys do right. that. But then again, remember Draymond and Clay and Curry. They recruited the hell out of Kevin Durant. And look at this. Now, two years later, Draymond's acting like a. I can't say that word on the radio, but he's acting like a jerk. Like, things change, people change. I, th- this is a fascinating Look, I'm not, situation. I'm, I, I am just throwing out the possibilities, Jason. Yeah. I know you want him with the Lakers, and he may go there. He could. I'm just sharing the other possibilities with you. That's all. Yeah. There, there, it's, listen, Chris, the next eight months are going to be fun. All right? Hey, listen to the odd couple. Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, they have fun. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern weekdays. I go on the hot seat. I destroy both of them because that's just You're an ass. I'm, I'm surprised. You probably still have bandages on from uh, last time you are on the hot seat. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. <laughs> have a great weekend. And uh, Chris Broussard. Right, hey, he's fun, man. He's a good dude. We, we know each other well. That's why the ribbing goes back and forth. It's, it's, we're not ribbing each other the way Draymond goes after KD. That ain't the story. By the way, I would be KD in that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back to wrap up the show. Maryland up 17-3 on Ohio State late first quarter. Also, the Citadel just had like an option play, go 50 yards for a touchdown against Bama. Tied. Tied, folks. Uh, early second quarter. Alabama totally sleepwalking. We'll be back after this. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Ohio State, another three and out. Um, You never want to panic early. It is let down Saturday, sleepy Saturday, whatever you want to call it. But it's Maryland 17, Ohio State 3.
Stands aren't even filled in College Park. And um, I don't know. You just got to wonder how bad Ohio State wants it. They do have Michigan next week. This offense can put up points in a hurry, but I don't know. The the line for Michigan-Ohio State is going to swell next week. I think I saw Michigan three and a half. It's going to go way up if Maryland wins this game. I mean, there's just no – how can you back Ohio State – when they have no defense, look at this. Maryland's just pulling off chunk plays left and right. It's embarrassing for Ohio State. Urban Meyer kind of half-checked out. Also, Citadel scored a freaky touchdown on an option play against Alabama. And then, of course, the guy who's hosting the next show, Steve um, Hartman, comes in here. Oh, Tua may not win the Heisman. I mean, Steve, come on. Steve, I mean, really? So it's funny because in the preseason, I said Tua would win the Heisman. And he heard that and came in and, and you know, Steve Hartman, I can see him now, so I'm not taking shots at the guy. And he was like, Tua, no way! And then in the first game, he was incredible. And Hartman comes in the next week. Okay, so you were right about Tua. I mean, Tua's amazing. This guy's a superstar. They just don't really care about this game. I, I mean, Tua could basically get injured today, not play again, and still win the Heisman. It's over. I don't care what Kyler Murray does. He could have nine touchdowns. This week, the, the Heisman is locked up. Nobody who has a vote can look themselves in the mirror in the morning if they don't vote for Tua to win the Heisman. Also, Alabama just pulled off like a 40-yard run hurdle. College football, listen, it's oh, early, so it's getting exciting, you know, because you, you're hopeful for upsets. Maryland, another first down, another huge play, and I think he could Knocked out at the 15. This Maryland running back's got to have a buck 50 already. At least. He's got two TD runs over 60 yards. And Ohio State is reeling. And producer Gavin came in here. He's like, should I bet Ohio State in-game? They're only two and a half. I was like, dude, are you watching? Like, they're not ready for this. This Ohio State offense can score, but their defense, they couldn't stop a nosebleed right now. I mean... This guy has seven carries for 214 yards. Is that good? It's the second quarter with 12 minutes left. He has 214 yards rushing. Oh, my gosh. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say, turn on the Ohio State game. Just fire it up right now. Oh, busted play for the uh, Terps. All right. We got to wrap up the show. It was a lot of fun. Thank you to Deb Carson, producer Gavin. Um, Nick, I forget the guy who was filling in for Iowa Sam, but he, he was great this morning. Uh, tremendous show, and listen to the podcast. It will be up shortly. I'm telling you, Anthony Slater brought the heat. Ian Rappaport, we went after Brady a little bit. Some great LeBron, Draymond, Kevin Durant stuff. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 